can't just be friends with successful people and expect to be successful. It's all about the value add. Um, you know, you can't just reach out to somebody with, with nothing to give in return. Yeah. You know, nothing's worse than the, the messages you get on Instagram that say, Hey bro, we want to connect. Welcome to the inspiring young aspirers podcast. I'm your host, Billy Garton Jr. A 21 year old entrepreneur and professional athlete on this podcast. We'll be interviewing some of the most successful world leaders in their space in both business and sport. People who've amassed success, wealth, abundance, and most importantly, happiness, often after fighting incredible adversity. The hope is that through this podcast, we're not just going to inspire you or motivate you, but rather through the tips and hints that my guests share, spur you into action. If you're young and motivated, join me on this journey as we ignite the passion through some of the world's most inspiring stories. You know, when you wake up every day knowing exactly what you're striving for, nothing can stop you. Please make sure that by now you have subscribed to the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast and please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As we attempt to make this a top 25 business podcast, everything that you can do to help us reach that target would mean the absolute world to me. All right, we've got a 20-year-old entrepreneur and social media expert. He's been featured in some of the world's biggest news sources. He's worked with brands such as Lamborghini and Monster. He owned his first business at the age of 16, and he's worked with some of the biggest influencers in the world, such as Jake Paul and many incredible other people. Kieran O'Brien, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me, my man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. So, Kieran, I know we spoke off air a little bit about you being an inspirational person, the power of life manifestation, and what you've been able to create for yourself. I want to take it back a little bit, because you're only 20, and what you've done in such a short space of time with your life is is very inspirational so take me back to where it all started the journey of entrepreneurship and and when you made that decision to to get into that world right so i i first got into entrepreneurship almost by accident um i was just all growing up, i didn't really know what entrepreneurship was but yeah. growing up i just knew that i i wanted to do things a little bit differently i always was had just uh, a hustle mentality, I guess you could call it. And, you know, I just wanted to go out there and make money. And I did all sorts of weird things to make money. I worked for political campaigns and I, I, uh, I was a swimming coach. I was a lifeguard. I would flip stuff. I would, I would buy and resell sneakers. I would shovel driveways. I, would, I did so many different things growing up. And then, uh, and then I found a, a couple mentors and, you know, my first mentor, I was, I was on my way to hockey practice. I grew up playing ice hockey my, my entire life. Right. And I was on my way to hockey practice. I was in a car with my dad and I see a, a Ferrari parked at the gas station in my neighborhood. Yeah. And I was like, dad, look, there's a Ferrari right there. And my dad happened to know who the owner of the Ferrari was. He was like, Oh, that's Matt. I was like, who's Matt? He's like, Oh, he's like this wealthy guy that lives here locally and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it, it, you know, you, you didn't see Ferraris in my, in my neighborhood right. uh, frequently, you know, yeah. we lived in 
middle-class neighborhood. So the fact that he was driving a car like that, I, I'd always loved cars my, my whole childhood. So I, I found him online. I, I went to his website. I emailed him and I was like, Matt, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a 16 year old entrepreneur. I think I was 16 at the time. And, you know, I have this idea for this business and I'd love to meet with you. And, um, he got back to me and he said, Kieran, why don't you read my book? And so I went on Amazon, I got his book. I literally read it in one day and then I emailed him. And then I said, um, Hey Matt, you know, just finished your book. Um, I'd love to learn from you. Like what, what can we do next? And yeah. long story short, I ended up working for him for free for a little while, running his stuff online. And eventually I actually, uh, interned with him at his business, which was a big auto repair shop. He had a whole bunch of locations and he actually sold one of his businesses went into retirement, got bored, came out of retirement and opened opened up another business to compete with his old business that he sold. Wow. Um, so, you know, thoroughbred entrepreneur, very, very cool guy, mentor and, and inspiration to me. And so um, he was one of the people that really inspired me from the beginning. And uh, around that same time, I met one of my best friends, Jeffrey, who is a YouTuber by the name of Jared Garage. That's yeah. his YouTube channel. And uh, I met him around the same time that I was working for Matt. And the stars just aligned and all of a sudden my best friend was a massive automotive YouTuber and my mentor was a massive automotive, successful automotive entrepreneur. And so I just kind of fell into um, not only entrepreneurship, but the automotive industry as well. So I I ended up starting a marketing company in the automotive industry in 2017 called Geared Social. And uh, I've, I've owned it to this day. I've done other things here and there, but that's, that's kind of been my core business. And uh, and now in, in 2020, we're making a lot of changes and, and, uh, and, and, and pivots in the business and doing a lot of cool stuff. And yeah. you know, it's, it's allowed me to do some really cool things, meet some really cool people, travel and, uh, and really like live life to the fullest. So it's funny because you talked about obviously that mentor and obviously meeting Jeffrey that shaped almost everything in terms of where you've been able to go. Uh, right. a lot of people could say that you were lucky but I believe in the power of sort of creating your own look. And I've heard so many people talk about it. I believe in it massively and all my success I attribute to what I've done in the past that has led to these things. And I I really heavily believe that that look favors the brave. And so I want you to touch on that a little bit. You took a big opportunity, you took a chance and it worked out for you. And the look that people would maybe say that came from that was a part of of what what you did to create that. Yeah. I'm not a huge believer in luck. And, you know, if luck does exist, then you create it yourself. Like I could have very easily just not emailed Matt, my first mentor. I could have very easily not walked up to Jeffrey at the, I met him at a car show, um, the summer between our, our sophomore and junior years of high school. And, uh, I could have just not walked up to him and introduced myself and pursued a relationship with him because I thought he was a cool guy. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I could have just not reached out to Casey uh, when, yeah. when we became friends, like, you know, it, it's like, maybe it's lucky that I saw the Ferrari at the gas station that day, Yeah, but that's where the luck ends, right? I had to reach out to him and, and take the initiative. And that goes for everything in your life, right? You're present, you're not presented with luck. You're presented with opportunity. And what you do with that opportunity shapes the outcome of, of that situation. 100%. And talk about the networking aspect of it, because you obviously surrounded yourself with Jeffrey, you surrounded yourself with Matt, you surrounded yourself with Casey. Talk about you taking advantage of that and how much you believe in the people you surround yourself with creating your life, because you've obviously traveled, obviously to Bali, Australia, all these different places around the world. 
with these people that you've been able to network with. If you'd have stayed in your hometown and stayed surrounding yourself with the people that you were friends with in high school, which a lot of people often do, but I feel that they get dragged into that mindset. You managed to break out of that and it's created a new life for yourself. So talk a little bit about the power of networking. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I attribute a lot of my a lot of my experiences and success and everything so far to my network and you know my my best friend and roommate Casey Adams is one of the biggest networkers I know and so you know he's taught me a lot about how to do it properly and when to do it and and you know everything like that so uh you know it's it's important you know you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with like everyone's heard that quote but it really is true and you know luckily I I kind of cut off a lot of my friends from high school, um, you know, even a year before I graduated, because I just kind of realized like I, I, I could kind of see into the future and I knew where I was heading if I stayed on that on that path. And I knew that I knew where I could potentially go if I kind of broke away from that. Yeah. And so it was a, it was a very obvious choice for me. And I, and I chose to focus on what I knew was going to give me the, the outcome that I wanted and and then i went all in on that but it, it's not enough just to be friends with cool people or high achievers right you know you, you don't you don't get success isn't transferred by osmosis you have to actually go do things absolutely. so you can't just be friends with successful people and expect to be successful absolutely uh, you know it, it's just a it's just an anecdote to um everything else that you're already doing so touch on that a little bit deeper like what do you mean in terms of you can't just connect with these people how did you get in touch? You've gotten in touch with people like Jake Paul. You've gotten in touch with people like Summer Rae, and not to mention some of the biggest entrepreneurs and master. You've been to massive masterminds. You say that it's not just getting in touch with these people. Is it the value added piece? Is it yeah. is it what you give and bring to the table for these people? Is it the piece that you take sort of the humble approach that people give you a chance? What is it that that not just allows you to connect with these people, but allows you to actually build a relationship with them that turns into future business. Yeah, it, it's all about the value add. Um, you know, you can't just reach out to somebody with with nothing to give in return. You have to have some sort of unique, creative value add that's going to provide some value to that person that you're trying to connect with. Yeah. You know, nothing's worse than the the messages you get on Instagram that say, Hey bro, we want to connect. And you know, I get those all the time and there's, there's no reason that I would take time out of my day to reply to that. Yeah. Right. There's no value being added there. Right. You, you know, the world works in, in transactional ways and exchanges of value and time and money and all sorts of other things. And so you have to give something in order to receive something. Absolutely. No, I think the power of the DM is a is an incredible resource. And I actually, the message that I sent you, I actually got that sort of, not script, but the way to reach out properly from one of Casey's podcasts where he was talking about the power yeah. of the DM and how to actually get a response from people. Um, and I think one of the keys that, that he said that you talk about as well is that you need to offer something that gets them to respond. And for me, it was, let's get, let's make it happen. Let's get you on my podcast for, for so many people. And I get them as well, probably not on the scale yet that you do, but it's like, I can do this. Well, what about how can you do this for me? You know? And I think the people that are able to offer something of value to you within that time is what's going to be able to create that relationship. And so I don't know 
whether my message was able to do that for you, but I heavily resonate with, with what he said, with what you said. And honestly, I wouldn't have found the ability to connect with these people that I've been able to if it wasn't for that message. So um, talk to me a little bit about the type of DM because so so many people copy and paste. They say they copy and paste the same DM to 150 different people, but the tailored message is so important. So talk yeah. to me a little bit about about that. Yeah, it's very simple. Go to somebody's profile. It's not even just Instagram. This goes for cold emails in business. This goes for reaching out to somebody on LinkedIn, um, you know, hitting on a girl. Like it's all the same thing. You can't just send some generic message that's going to get ignored because that person, whether it's a girl or a business owner or a, or, or a celebrity, it doesn't matter. They get the same message every day. From, from people that are no different than you, unless you differentiate yourself. Yeah. And so what the, mo- the most important thing is to, you know, customize the message, go to their profile, go to their account and spend some time learning about them. What are they interested in? You know, what could provide value to them? What could be something that you could say that would get them interested in or, or make them want to reply to you, right? So it, it's situational. You kind of have to figure it out for yourself and see, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just intuition and a little bit of, and a little bit of confidence goes a long way. You know, Absolutely. a lot of people just don't have the creativity to craft a message that's going to get a response. And, you know, that's, that's just the unfortunate truth. So. Absolutely. Yeah. You talked about the, con- um, the creativity with it, but also I think consistency is huge. You know, I was lucky with you that you responded first time, but I've had a lot of people that they didn't respond first time. So I had to follow up with a video message or then I follow up with an audio message and putting yeah. face to name, I think also helps massively. Um, and I think a lot of people get confused with, they reach out to these people who are on a higher level than them and these people don't respond. And it's like, they think like, oh, fuck you, you didn't respond to me. But it's like, yeah. these guys have so many other things going on and they aren't gonna get annoyed with you if you continue to reach out. And so that's what I've found massively is that like, I've probably reached out to 200, 300 people now in the past two months since I started this podcast and maybe 50 have ended up responding but I think maybe four or five of those got back to me first time and the rest it took two or three messages so talk a little bit about that maybe you've had to connect with people a year later yeah no it's and yeah it's consistency and it's also maintaining relationships that's the other thing if you connect with somebody once or do something for somebody once you know, like don't just forget about them because then it looks really bad if you need them for something or you want to ask them something or you need advice or, or counsel or whatever it is, right. Whatever, whatever you need from them down the road, you haven't talked to them in a year and a half. And now it just looks like you're only using them for, for your asks. Absolutely. So I make it an effort to go out of my way to congratulate people when they, when they have wins to congrat, uh, to, to wish them a happy birthday, to wish them a, uh, you know, a happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, whatever it is. Like I'll, I'll, I go out of my way to, uh, to touch base with people, you know, as many times as I can. Um, and I made it a rule to myself too. I was literally talking to Casey about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I see that it's somebody's birthday, even if I barely know them, if I follow someone on social media and I see that they're reposting other people saying happy birthday to them, I'll go and spend a couple seconds out of my day to just click on their profile and, and say, happy birthday, man. Like it doesn't take me any time, but they'll remember next time. Maybe, maybe next time I have a birthday, they're going to be like, Oh, it's Kieran's birthday. He reached out to me, you know, three months ago when it was my birthday. So I'm going to spend some time to wish him a happy birthday. Absolutely. And it's just like, 
you know, it's just those little things. Like that's how you keep a relationship going. That's how you make somebody else's day better. Like, you know, the, 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 one of the best things you can do is wish somebody a happy birthday. It's, it feels good. It feels like people are, people are um, thinking about you and recognize um, you on like on a day that's important to you. And so just things like that will stick with people and they'll remember that you do those things. Absolutely. And I, especially online nowadays, because people will put the time into a relationship in person, but now that everything's gravitating online, I think people don't understand that you can actually build a relationship without ever meeting someone online. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned, I think, from you and from Casey and from these other people that I've been following is that, like, it doesn't go unnoticed when I go to someone's page or, or a post pops up on my page and I see that you've commented or I see that he's commented because that engagement and the building of that relationship, I'm sure, is what allows you to then ask for advice further down the line. Or like you said, if you need something, you have the ability at that point to to ask that person for that because you've gone through this process of building that relationship and taking time out of your day for no other reason than to than to simply congratulate them or to wish them a happy birthday. And so I think that's a massive, massive key to to everything in, in networking. So yeah, yeah, credit to you there. <laughs> Talk yeah. to me a little bit about the, the power. Sorry, go on. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, uh, like, I, I've never really like talked about this publicly, but I think we should make it a thing to just wish everyone a happy birthday every time they have a birthday. And and I'm saying this because I'm just thinking about it logically. And if you wanna connect with people, reaching out to them on birthdays and holidays and when they have something where they win big, right? Any of those times, it's just an excuse to touch, to, to have another touch point Absolutely. with somebody. Right? It's, it's like they're not going to get annoyed that you're messaging them about something it's random. It's such a right? personal way to do it as well. It's such a personable yeah. way to go about it. It's not like well done on your book. Happy birthday is such a personable way to go about something yeah. that it would almost be rude of the person to not respond or not acknowledge that you've done it. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking about that in my head just now because I've never said anything about this publicly, but I, I really genuinely do that. And so I think if more people did that, then you know, you'd, you'd have a, a much stronger network. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Anyway. Touch a little bit on, obviously, I talked about you've been able to connect with people like Jake Paul and Summer Rae. And did that come from a DM? So uh, a lot of the uh, bigger name people, influencers, people like that, that I've been able to connect with have been through my, my marketing company, which is pretty cool um, because, you know, we'll, we'll execute influencer marketing campaigns for our clients. Yeah. And so I'll usually be heading those things. And so I'll sometimes fly out in person to make sure that everything goes smoothly. So I've met a lot of these people, you know, big influencers and celebrities and people like that um, because my clients are doing something for them and wow. I, I just get to be involved. Uh, and then sometimes it's through other people like Casey interviews a lot of cool people. And so I get to, you know, go with him sometimes to these interviews and meet them. And so, um, you know, it's just, just placing yourself in situations that are going to get you in the, in the room with the right people or in the room with influential people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really make any extra money, um, for my company by, by doing these influencer campaigns It's just something that we do as part of our, as part of our fee for our clients. But I go out of my way to get involved, to get more involved than I need to be and do things that I'm not necessarily getting paid for yeah. just in, in the, in the spirit of building my network. Absolutely. So. No, I think that's fantastic. And I think that's a great way to transfer a little bit or pivot a little bit into your agency because you were talking about, obviously you've been able to connect with these people. I think heavily from what I've seen, it's through the fact that you niche down. And so I'll talk right. a little bit about 
niching down because I have my own digital marketing agency as well. And it took me probably a year and a half to realize the importance of niching down because I think right. so many people think that they're closing off all this opportunity. But as soon as I've realized we're, we're heavily involved in the restaurant space now. And as soon as I've realized that by making yourself an expert within one specific space, you actually open so many more doors than, than you ever thought possible. So talk about that yeah. a little bit. You, you obviously love cars. Talk about why, why niche? Well, uh, I I've thought about this recently and I think if I chose any other niche, I would probably have gotten bored of it by now and lost the passion for it. Um, you know, it's running a business is stressful. And so you might as well do it, uh, in an, in an industry that you're passionate about so that the stress isn't as bad. Um, that's, that's just the, the truth. And so I love, I love cars. I've always loved cars. And it, so it was just a natural, a natural thing for me to start a business in the automotive industry. And, uh, and, you know, like you said, it's been a great networking tool because, you know, people like, like bigger influencers and even friends of mine and people like that, they, they'll come to me for advice about cars. They'll come to me for, you know, discounts and, and special deals on, on uh, parts and things that uh, from companies that they know are my clients. Yeah. Right. So um, it, it's kind of cool to be like a connector in that sense. And, um, and just working with an industry that I know a lot about, and then also am passionate about that's the other side, right? The one, the one side is the passion, but the other thing is the fact that if you're working in an industry that you already know a lot about, you don't have to train yourself up on that industry. Absolutely. If you're not niche down, you have to learn every single industry and the different lingo and how the business owners operate in that specific industry. And it's like, it's like learning a foreign language, you know, oh, no, 100%. So, <laughs> so, you know, you like make it easy on yourself and niche down and stick to something that you know, and that you're passionate about. That's the, it's the best way to scale like a service based a service based business. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's funny because I initially went into the esthetician and medispa space and at first I had no clue about it. And you're 100% right. Going back and forth with the posting, treading on eggshells about what the owner's going to say about a post in case you've used the wrong language. I've definitely gone the hard way about it. And so from learning from people like you have been able to just niche down in one specific space, I think is a really cool thing. Um, in the car space, were you always into cars or did you just find that from getting into relationships with Jeffrey and into relationships with Matt, like you talked about? Yeah. Uh, no, I've, I've been into cars my whole life. I had a Lamborghini poster on my wall since I was a young kid. Um, I think I really ended up getting like heavily involved and passionate about them probably when I got my driver's license Yeah, and I had a little Honda Accord that I drove <laughs> around. And, uh, you know, that was, that was when I had like, freedom, right? When you get your driver's license, that's when you kind of have your first taste of freedom in life. And, um, I just, I learned about the car scene and I learned a lot about, about, uh, the mechanics of how a car works and, and how to do an oil change and things like that. And so, uh, the more that I learned about it, the more that I learned about the culture behind the industry and everything, I, I just kind of fell in love with it. And I, I became really passionate about it, you know, b before I started my company or before I got into entrepreneurship. So. Yeah. And then as a young agency owner, because you obviously started your agency at, at what, 17, were you? 18? Yeah, se yeah, 17. 17. I am fascinated by speaking to other agency owners and also other business owners that are of a similar age to me. I'm 21. Was there an age barrier for you when contacting these massive automotive companies? Was that a, a mental barrier for you that I'm so young? How will they trust me? How will I build trust with these people? No, it, 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 not really at all. Honestly, um, if anything, it helps. Um, if you think about it, 
in like the mark, the digital marketing space, if you're doing something internet-based, any, any uh, company that's kind of internet-based, a lot of older people in, and older generations kind of associate our generation with the internet and with social media and things like that. So that's an easy, uh, an easy thing to leverage. Um, age doesn't really matter. What matters is confidence and experience. Um, I didn't struggle in the beginning because of my age. I struggled in the beginning because of my lack of experience and my lack of confidence. If you have confidence in yourself, you can do anything, like anything at all. That's it. Like that's the, that's the key to life right there. You know, confidence is so, so important. And that Um, also ties in by the way to, to going into something that you're actually passionate about, because if you would have gone into another industry, you can't build that confidence because you naturally have no clue about what you're talking about. I think maybe your confidence has heavily stemmed from one, the experience, like you said, but also the, the knowledge and know-how of the industry you're in. Right. 100%. And the other aspect to it, um, the other aspect to it is also just like, it's like a snowball effect, right? Confidence is like a snowball effect. When you get a little win, you become confident, then you become confident enough to get another win. And then you become even more confident and it just, it's a snowball effect and it, it piles up over time. And so, you know, I, me personally, I've never gone like backwards in terms of confidence. Yeah. I've only ever gone forwards because my confidence results in more wins and then those wins result in more confidence and so on and so forth. So, you know, it, it, in the beginning, it's so important to get a couple wins under your belt, get a couple good things and, and, you know, go out there and close a couple deals, go out there Absolutely. and get a couple guests on your podcast. Like those little wins add up into the confidence that you need to get the next one. Absolutely. And I also feel that failure builds confidence at times, especially in the digital marketing space. Cause I found when I was starting out that I was getting so many no's and people I think are scared almost to take that jump because of the no's that they're going to get. But the experience that you get by just throwing yourself in. I took Ty's course as well as you did, I believe, Ty's social media course, Ty Lopez's. And I could have spent probably another 12 months learning that course. And and I'm sure you jumped in as quick as you could as well. But you already had a few clients, I believe, by the time you took his course. But I could have literally spent 12 months, 16 months learning that. But what I learned in the first two months by throwing myself in and doing full audits for people and getting told no and feeling like I have a client and then they then they take that away from you right under your nose right before you do it or answering objections in terms of cost, feeling confident when even speaking to people about what it's gonna cost them. I think you learn so much more by just throwing yourself in and losing and almost forcing yourself to fail than right. you do by taking a course and learning. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, you, you just have to kind of go all in as soon as you can. And that goes for anything, not just starting an agency or doing digital marketing. Um, you, you kind of just have to throw yourself in and that's the only way that you're going to get the experience that you need. And, you know, yes, you might get a a rejection or you might fail, but you know, the the best way to learn is, is when those things happen. So, uh, I mean, that's my, that's my, my best advice. Like, you, you know, everyone talks about how failure is, is uh, a learning experience. It's, and it's so true. Like it, like nobody's lying when they say that failure is the best learning experience. And, you know, everyone thinks that they're ready to go confront failure until they do. And then it's like, well, shit, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's the breaking point. That's where a lot of people fail permanently and they just mm -hmm. retreat back to safety. Absolutely. But when you, when you get to that point, if you persevere, that's where you, that's where you're able to, to find that long-term success. I also think for you, that failure has, has pushed you on especially, and that's why credit to you massively. I mean, when I saw that you had attended that mastermind event in Bali with some of the biggest entrepreneurs out there, for most people, nerves would creep in and they wouldn't take that leap to even attend an event like that. What was going through your head at that point? Uh, well, I mean, that event specifically, uh, I was invited to speak at that event by a very good friend and mentor of mine. His name is Kevin. Yeah. And uh, it was a no brainer for me. I knew that I would get experience, both life experience and business experience by going there. I knew good things would come from it. I knew that I would meet good people and, and have a good time. And so uh, that's, that's all it really took for me. I mean, yeah. uh, decisions are very black and white to me. Um, and I think that also comes with experience and with confidence too. Um, you know, when, when you have like decisions to make in life, the more experience and resources and confidence you have, the easier they, they are to make, I think, uh, yeah. in, in terms of like, you know, business decisions. So. Yeah, yeah. Touch a little bit, because I know, obviously, Kevin Gordon, he, he's a mentor of yours, and he invited you to the event. How did you get in, was, was him, getting in touch with him, was that a, through the power of the DM? And then also, touch a little bit on actually meeting people and getting in front of these people, because yeah. I think maybe something that that i can think about that maybe 95 percent of other people who are trying to get in touch with people in person think about is that like so many of these people don't even live in the same area as them so yeah. how are they going to get in, in person in front of these people yeah i mean kevin i met through cars uh and that's that's a big thing you know like casey and i talk about this all the time like cars that's a great way to meet people um, you know, high fashion, like, you know, like the Paris fashion show, like you're going to meet cool people there. Yeah. Uh, like what other, uh, Kate for Casey, it's podcasting, yeah. right? So he, he does podcasts to meet people and to network with people. I, I do car stuff, right? Other people are into watches or aviation or, you know, like what do all these things have in common, right? They're, they're things that wealthy, successful people do. Right. Yeah. And so if you think about it like that, you're going to meet you know, you're going to meet valuable connections Absolutely. by, by just throwing yourself into those, those types of things. And did you know when meeting these people before you even met with them, did you notice them and be like, Oh, that's, that's Kevin or, or, or that's him. Or did you just literally not even know you introduced yourself, created that relationship and it turns out all these no, things so, have come from it. So I'll use Kevin as an example. So I met him in Vegas at a car show uh, at a, at a convention called SEMA. Um, and it's like the biggest, uh, industry event for the automotive industry. And so I was there, um, because a lot of my clients were there and Kevin was there because his car was actually being showcased in the show. And I just went up to him and introduced myself. I kind of figured out that he was the owner of the car and I thought it was a cool car. So I talked to him about it. And, and, you know, from there, we just realized like, I was like a, a mini version of him. And like, we were in the same industry. He owned a digital marketing agency in the automotive space that he sold to auto trader for tens of millions of dollars. And so he kind of like became like an older brother mentor figure type person to me. And that relationship just built over the, over the following year, year and a half. And then, uh, and then, you know, that's when he invited me out to the Bali event and that's when he met Casey and everything. And so, 
just became a, a really good relationship. And so. that all came from that one meeting. So you didn't meet him in person or see him in person between that year and a half in Bali? Yeah, maybe maybe once or twice. But yeah, I, I just, like I said earlier, I stayed connected with him. I wished him a happy birthday. I congratulated him. I talked to him about stuff here and there randomly and, and just stayed in touch. You know, I, I don't want people to forget about me, um, not from like an egotistical or like a attention standpoint, yeah. but you know, if, if you're trying to build a, a personal brand and you're trying to have a strong network and good relationships in your life, you don't want people just to think that you fell off or, or forget about you. Um, you just have to be kind of putting yourself out there as much as you can. Absolutely. All right. Talk to me something about building your personal brand then, because we've, we've spoken a little bit about the power of the DM networking. That's a great way to build your personal brand. If you had to give someone a tip that was starting out on how to build their personal brand, what would you say? Uh, I would say, here's the thing. I, I'll give a much different answer than Casey would. Casey would say, yeah, go build a personal brand. For me, I don't, I don't really like focus on personal branding, so to speak, in like the traditional sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't believe that you should have a personal brand until you've accomplished something. I didn't like, I guess I have a personal brand, but I, I've never like tried to build my personal brand. I've yeah. tried to build a business and I've tried to build relationships. Like that's my thing. So uh, I guess, you know, a, a personal brand is a byproduct of those things sometimes. Yeah. And so that's my advice is to like, you know, you're not going to make any money, quote unquote, building a personal brand, build a business, build a reputation, build a network and the personal brand will follow. That's an incredible thing. Incredible insight. <laughs> so in terms of the power of being young, you've obviously experienced a lot of negativity. You've experienced a lot of failure already. I think people don't understand that, that just because you're young, like the failure I feel has to come before you succeed. Talk about your worst day that you've had in social media, your worst day with clients and how you attribute those failures to your learning experience and your success now. Uh, I, I mean, I lost a, a five figure a month client, uh, last year and a couple other things in like my personal life went wrong and like all in the same week. Um, so that was, that was tough. Um, you know, I'm very thankful. I haven't experienced like any, uh, any like crazy failure or, or, or hardships in life. And I, I know that that might not always be the case, but I'm very thankful for that. I've, I've talked about it before. I grew up in a very normal household. My parents weren't divorced, you know, all throughout my childhood. I went to a, a decent school. I had a normal childhood. I played sports and then, um, and then I graduated from school and I started a business that became successful relatively quickly. So I'm not sugarcoating anything. Like I'm not going to make up some struggle that I had. I really didn't struggle um, yeah. up until this point in my life. Now I'm not saying that I never will. I'm sure I will. You know, I, I think that the universe has a funny way of making sure that everybody experiences hardship and struggle in some capacity. But um, for me, I'm just, I'm thankful that that hasn't happened to me. Um, I, I don't wish that I did struggle or anything like that. I don't need to, you know, make a, a rap song or anything about my, my struggles. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of my stance on it. Um, I'll be the first one to admit that I had a relatively normal, uh, struggle-free life up until this point. Right. Um, and so I embrace it and 
and I hope to keep that trajectory. Yeah. Well, I mean, losing a five, a five figure client is a, uh, to a lot of people's a massive loss. Some people don't even get a five figure client ever, let alone lose yeah. one. Talk about that day a little bit, because I mean, five figures a month client, like I said, there's a lot of people that dream of having that money. And so to lose that for some people would be the end of their world. I don't know what, what you felt, but talk about that a little bit. Um, I mean, that that day, uh, you know, when you typically when you lose a client, you kind of see it coming. Either you're not performing for them or they're having str- like trouble in their business or or maybe it's a relationship between you and the owner of the business. Like whatever it is, like you, it's, it's never a blindsiding type of thing. Like I kind of knew it was coming. And on, I mean, on top of that, like it's just part of the game. You know, nothing's permanent. Um, and you know, you just have to kind of get up and, and, uh, and knock the dust off and keep going. Yeah. It's funny because running an agency, I've had to learn this the hard way as well is that like working in the business versus working on it. When you lose these big clients, if you haven't been working on the business, it becomes virtually impossible to keep that consistent money coming in every month. But then when you step outside and actually focus heavily on bringing in new business, you those losses don't feel as big because you don't feel like you have to make up for that was that a struggle for you starting out as almost like a one-man band initially or did you have a team around you where you were constantly going for new business regardless of the fact that you were always bringing in clients yeah definitely um i mean i was a one-man band for a while and uh, you know it's 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 important to learn those things because if you just hire people from the very beginning, you're not going to learn the skills needed to do all the different jobs inside of your company. And if you can't do that, then you might get the wool pulled over your eyes and yeah. people might screw you out of, uh, of money or people might do things that, uh, th- and they're telling you that it's working and it's not working and you have no idea cause you don't know how to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, gl- I'm grateful that I, I learned so many skills early on. And so I'm able to not get screwed by people in business now because uh, most of the skills uh, I'm talking about digital marketing specifically. Yeah. Most of those skills I'm, I'm, uh, either, either I'm an expert at, or I know enough of to be able to hire somebody to do it and know if they're doing a good job or not, et cetera. So I think that's important for yeah. a business owner is to know a little bit about everything in your business. Yeah. A little bit about everything without feeling like you have to be an expert in everything yeah. is what I've found. I mean, initially I, yeah. I felt that I was like, oh my word, I need I need to know everything about ads. I need to know everything about organic. I need to know everything about YouTube. I need to know everything about website building. And that was stressful for me because I was like, how am I try- gonna try and offer this to clients? And my whole website has every single thing and I don't know every single thing. But as soon as I've been able to take a step back and, and they say hire where you're weak and do exactly that, hire where you're weak is, is where I've been able to grow. Was your first hire within that space of maybe where you're weak or was there something that you or someone had told you where like you you know i didn't i actually didn't really hire for weaknesses i more so hired for time allocation um some of the stuff that uh that i was uh that i was spending the most time on was actually stuff that i was pretty good at but it was i was spending too much time so i i hired that out first Mm. i've hired weaknesses too that's also important but you know the more time you can take out of the day-to-day operation, the more freedom you have and the more, uh, the more, uh, time you have to kind of sit back and think about what's best for the business from an operational standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final thing here before I think we can close it out. I want to, I want to touch on these events you've ran because you've ran event 
uh, one event in actually my hometown, La Jolla, which is yeah. probably about 20 minutes from here in, yeah. a, uh, in a big mansion. I think for a lot of people, they can't even comprehend or wrap their head around how you would go about that. So run, run through maybe the steps, three or four steps, what it takes to one, obviously get the, the location, two, to bring the people that you brought to that event, and three, maybe the cost and time element that goes into facilitating something like that. Yeah, I mean, that I, we threw a few events, Casey and I, and uh, like mansion mastermind events. This I haven't done one in, in years now, like almost two years since I did my last one. Um, but you know, it was just a thing, like I had access to this home, um, through a, through a connection of mine, I was supposed to stay there for a couple nights. And I just, I called Casey and I was like, Hey bro, like why I'm not, I don't want to just like stay in this big house for no reason. Like it's, it's cool, but like, we should do something with it. We should, we should bring people together. And so that was the initial idea. And so we just put a thing out on social media. We didn't know how many people were going to show up. I remember like uh, an hour before it started, like not that many people had even like had, had showed up early yet or anything. I was kind of freaking out. You just put it out, out organically or you, or you ran some ads to, to target no. people? Yeah, it was, it was all organic. Um, and you know, we just, we just promoted it on social media. I reached out to a lot of people that I knew had reach as well. And we got a, a whole bunch of people to show up and it was a good time. And we did it again in Beverly Hills. And then we did it again in Scottsdale twice. And then um, a couple other small ones here and there. We did one in Vegas. Um, and it was just a great way for people to come together and meet each other and meet like-minded people and do business and, and all sorts of other stuff. So that's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, Kieran, I appreciate your time. You've honestly been a, an incredible guest. You've had some, some really cool insight. Um, I can't wait for this episode. So where can people find you? Yeah, uh, I'm probably most active on Instagram at Kieran O'Brien. My name's hard to spell. So it's K I E R A N O B R I E N. Uh, and then same thing on YouTube. I, I, I post YouTube videos about all sorts of stuff, entrepreneurship, cars, credit, whatever else. Yeah. And anyone in the automotive space, check him out. What's the name of your agency? The ag name of my agency is called Geared Social. Perfect. All right, Kieran, thanks so much again. Everybody else, don't forget to subscribe to the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast. Give me a follow on all channels at Billy Garton Jr. This has been another great episode. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon. Thanks.